All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, the vet of the crew of the duo. I am Dwight at 517-2214. Joined us again weekly, as always, by my esteemed co-host, the brains of the operation, Young Prodigy at SJ Basketball 8. Young SJ, how are you feeling this beautiful Sunday afternoon? Oh, I'm feeling good, feeling good. I have a lot of work to do um, this upcoming week, so I'm trying to prepare for that. But it's a long weekend here in New York, so oh, nice. happy about that. Yes. Nice. Nice. That, uh, you know what, I have a floating holiday I, you just reminded me of, and I think I'm going to use it for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, President's Day. Yeah. We get off, so yeah. that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So y'all, we uh we just gonna get into it. Um, we really don't have too many games to talk about. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess we could touch on our last two games last week. If yeah, you, if you want. yeah, we can. Um, basically, I hate to admit it, we we played the Pelicans. Who we played before that? We played the Heat before that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the Heat game was my favorite game of the year. Yeah, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So the Heat game, um, you know, I don't have a box score right in front of me, but I do remember that Luca went five for 19. 19. And he was yeah, turn- 21 points. Yeah, yeah, 21 points. He, quote, unquote, had a bad game. But Maxie looked like he was out there on PEDs. Jalen Brunson <laughs> basically is Jalen Brunson. At, like, Jalen Brunson giving you an efficient 20 is – kind of like clockwork he's gonna give you between 19 to 24 and that's just what he do right and then uh who else stepped up that game my memory i know Bertans was, had 12 or 13 it was Bertans. yeah so it was Bertans. um i, I could pull up the bosco because you know it was funny i I rewatched the second half of that game earlier yeah. for some reason i don't know i, I just felt like because i do this thing where um if you have a good game i like to rewatch from the other announcer's point of view it's <laughs> just to hear what they had to say. So yeah, I have it pulled up. I actually have it pulled up. Um, so yes, it was Bertans gave us 12 off the bench. Um, Maxi was just incredible. Um, Finney, um, Finney Smith, Dodo, my guy, he had a good game too. Um, he had a nice four, 14 points. Um, so yeah, those were the double figure guys. Um, Doran Finney Smith, Brunson, Luca, Maxi, and Bertans. Yeah. The reason why that game was my favorite game of the year is because I think a it was a team win. Like I love Luca as much as the next man, but you know th- there's no player in the playoffs that's going to be good every single game, right? Yeah. So for us to be able to beat a good team, and it's not just a good team from a talent perspective. Like spoken coach, suppose top three in the league. So if you can beat him without your best player playing well, uh, I'm ready to start lying to myself about what these boys are going to be able to do this year. So I I loved it. Um, I like what I saw from Berton. I like what I saw from the two new pieces. Um, But Maxie, fam, I think that's the best game I ever remember seeing Maxie play. He was running around, like, beating beating dudes shit, like, legitimately pinning that shit off the glass. He's making threes. I just don't know what got into him. I, I, maybe he didn't like KP either. Maybe, I, I just, 
I don't ever remember seeing Maxi look like this against a good team ever. I know, you know, before he had the injuries in COVID last year, you know, he Maxi's a good athlete for a dude his height, but that looked different. I don't know, say What you think? So okay, so for that game, and you know, it's funny. Um, Luca objectively, I guess you could say, had a bad game. But I thought he had a like a fine game. You know, um, in terms of his. Like the only thing that I really didn't like from like Lucas specifically in that game was the fact that because he was being like double so much, anytime like he saw single coverage, he was shooting that. <laughs> he was shooting the ball. Like he was like, okay, they finally let me, you know, one on one, let me shoot. And to me, that's part of the reason why he shot five for 19. Because hmm. um, there was some, you know, you're not in rhythm, first of all. We all know that Luca is a rhythm, you know, kind of player. So he wasn't in rhythm. So he was missing pretty much everything he got. And then two, it was, it felt forced a little bit, especially in the first half, which I remember making a tweet like, okay, um, after a few couple of possessions, they finally um, were getting the flow. And that started with Luca not bringing the ball up or when he did bring it up, he got rid of it quickly. Like, um, I know it's, it's, it's a skill of his and it's one of his best traits, but it also kind of can be a double-edged sword with him being so patient, especially when a double team comes. And that to me, it, it worked to, it worked to his benefit in past matchups, but for this one specifically in the first half, I just thought he was holding onto the ball a bit too long when the double came. So he was throwing it away. Like Miami has a lot of lengthy defenders. Like if you recognize the double coming, like you have to get rid of that quickly. And um, he usually likes to take his time. You know, he's a big guard, you know, six, seven. So he could see over the defense and see where he wants to throw it, but they were really flustering him in the first half. So I just didn't like that he was, you know, holding on to it a bit long and forcing things. Then the second half, I really had no worries about the second half because Luca is going to adjust, you know, kid, his defensive adjustments, you know, were going to come through. And that's exactly what happened. Luca, his angles were much, much better. Like in the second, and I rewatched it again today too. So it's really fresh in my brain. His angles were so much better. He was getting rid of the ball quickly. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I think that's important, like you said, like, you know, no one's going to have, you know, a perfect playoffs where they just play so well in all the games. So the fact that, you know, Luca can command so much attention and they could have, they could fluster him and the team still knows what they have to do. That's what I like. They know how to play. And that's the piece of it with Porzingis out. Roles are, you know, everyone has alluded to it. Roles are much more defined. People know what to do. And, um, oh my God, I wanted to shout him out, but now I forgot his ad. I'll look it up and give another shout out later in the pod. But there's this one uh, mutual that I have, and he has always been um, on the Maxi train. You probably know what I'm talking about. He's like probably Maxi's biggest fan. <laughs> mm. And he had been always talking about how, even when Porzingis was there, that Maxi was like the best center on the um, squad. And mm. yeah, and in the past, I was like very hot take, right? But in the past, mm. I... Um, I like Maxi as the four, especially with Porzingis, because, you know, Maxi's not commanding a lot of shots. He can space the floor, all that. Um, but with Maxi playing the five, I, we can see his strengths more. And he probably was right in the fact that yeah. if we're talking about best center, yeah, Maxi's that. And I just always thought Maxi was, the, you know, a key to if we ever wanted to run like a small ball, you know, unit, Maxi's the guy, obviously, you know, to be your small ball center. But, you know, he, you know, my issues with Maxi, I'm not going to keep you know, pounding it, um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, we all know his issues. However, 
we also can agree that Maxi's a damn good player, especially in the regular season when he's like healthy. You know, he's 100% healthy and his shot's going. Um, we saw that in the Miami game. He was everywhere. Like when he was the small ball center in those units playing center, he was just doing everything. And um, he was rolling more. Even in the Pelicans game, we saw him rolling more. And in the presser, in the um, post-game presser, you know, he even said it. He was like, yeah, I like playing center a bit more. You know, I'm, I'm setting more picks. That's what he said. I'm setting more picks. That is so great to me. Like, yeah. And the contrast between, I'm not trying to shit, I'm Poisingus, I'm really not. But the contrast in answers, like when Poisingus was asked that, his response was, I get more touches at center <laughs> because I'm more involved in plays. Maxi was just talking about the screens. You see what I'm saying? So it's just yeah, the yeah. difference in, in just priorities and stuff. So with Poisingus gone, that's, like I said, Maxi's a guy, he's not, you know, going to be making a big stink about touches. Same with Powell, they're not going to be making big stinks about touches all they're gonna do is you know set picks you know roll try to facilitate handoffs and what i've liked with maxi and this was even before um porzingis got traded too he's been making very good decisions on the short roll like or when luka gets doubled you know he flashes in the middle of the floor and he could kick it out that's a important skill too especially for your bigs so i just um i was very encouraged by the games um especially the Pelicans game. I mean, I mean, we're going to touch on it, but we could talk about um, Luca. I mean, you could start too with his scoring on um, Rampage since the Porch Singles trade. I mean, we knew he was going to obviously get more shots and, you know, have the ball more since now he's the only star or the only, you know, kind of primary offensive option on this team. So what do you think about his um, scoring Rampage the past, what, two weeks? I think... It's not just, it's, let's be honest here, it, it's him not getting voted as an all-star starter. I think it that started putting the battery mm-hmm. in his back. And then once the KP trade happened, um, I just, he's just so much happier. If you even, if you even watch the post-game interview, he's happy. I, I didn't realize, I thought him and KP was cool. I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I just maybe it was personal. Maybe it's just the whole just like as fans, is KP gonna be healthy? We gotta, you know, get him involved so he keep playing defense. Like I feel that way as a fan. So imagine the dudes in the locker room that got money and careers and everything on the line tied up in dealing with that mental space. Um like Kurt says something in his green room like a week ago and it was such a bar to me he was like the existential dread of Christoph Przingis is no longer here and like that's real man because even if he's playing you got to make him happy and you got to hope he's healthy and that's no longer a thing no more like we got who we got mm-hmm. and I think that helped and I just think Luca is I think he's on some scorched, scorched earth shit. I'm letting y'all, I'm in shape. He looks physically like he, mm-hmm. the way he carries weight is in his face, right? So when he's out of shape, he, uh, he, I mean, it's not, we don't fat shame. I'm not in great shape myself, but buddy, dead ass almost was working on a double chin to, to begin. No, those. yeah, his neck, yeah, his neck and yeah. his cheeks, they get really swollen. Yeah, yeah he, he legitimately was working on a double chin and that shit's gone. His face, it's very defined now. I can tell, I look at him. Uh, we physically look at him in a damn tank top. 
every day. He is in shape. He physically mm-hmm, looks he different. And I think he's letting these boys know, hey, man, y'all thought this shit was sweet. I want an all-star starter. Um, I'm going to show y'all. And no unclut, un, I'm going to make this as clear as, as, as a sunny day, who I am, what I can do. I play defense and I can give you buckets and we are going to win a lot. And I, this is why I don't want him to win MVP. This is why I don't like him getting praises if he's going to come into the season out of shape. When he was first team NBA, after coming into the season out of shape, like I, I kind of didn't like that because Luca works by negative motivation. Um, when he, when someone puts a battery on his back, that that dude will burn shit down. There's nothing you can do with him. He turns into a basketball superhero, and that's my favorite Luca. That's the Luca that's taking us to a championship. That's the Luca that's given it. That is hell. I hate to bring up Dragon Ball Z. That's Super Saiyan Luca. That's when he on his shit, and I, I think he's gonna keep doing it. Um, we're going to get into our predictions for the back end of the season, but I just think that's a bad man. That if he's, I don't think it's stopping. I don't think it's slowing down. If teams start trapping him, I actually think we're in a position to, you know, with Jalen and the others and Spencer, mm-hmm. we're in a position not to where, like, when it's four on three, we don't make dudes pay for that. And I don't think mm-hmm. we could have, and I don't think we've ever been able to do that since he's been in the NBA. Yeah, and I think part of the reason for that too is, and this is where I can give kid props. Like I've been, I'm gonna say it again. I've I've already said it, but I will. I'm eating crow. Like you know, I I destroyed kid. You know, destroyed him before the season. Yes, he's a horrible coach. I didn't think he was good. You know, so I can you know reel all that back and say, hey, he's doing a good job, a great job. Even you know, he's doing a good job. So I can I can hundred percent concede that he's doing a great job. And part of where um differs with Carlisle is um and it's funny because people used to make jokes like oh yeah no one on the Mavs is allowed to dribble except Luka ha ha but like there's some truth to that in the sense that guys were legitimately like confused when they got the ball they didn't really know what to do (laughs) because it was kind of like okay do I you know make an attempt to drive what I do do I just pass it back you know to Luka they were confused when they they were scared of the ball but with kid he kind of encourages and we saw it a lot in the Miami game and it's because every time I used to watch teams last year and I see um if they get cut off they pass it back and then person that catches they try to you know dribble penetrate they kick out dribble penetrate kick out and I always thought like damn we don't do this on the maps like we just don't do this for some reason and I saw it so much in the heat game and I was just so happy about it like they were trapping Luca he you know passed it I think it was to maxing the middle floor Maxi kicked it out in the corner. He closed out well. Dribble penetration. Threw it out. He closed out well. Dribble attack. The close out. Dribble penetration. Like, we were doing that. And I'm like, wow. Like, this, that is winning ball. Like, that is, um, that is how you make teams, you know, hurt you when you double Luka. It's not just, you know, he gets double. He kicks it out and you just, you know, chuck a three. <laughs> you know, you can dribble. You know, you can attack the close out, especially if it was a good, hard close out. You can attack the close out you know, kick it back out. When you attack the closeout hard, the person, um, whoever, um, the person's going to help on you. They're going to, because you're going straight to the rim. So you're going to draw help. And from there, you can kick out to the open person and swing the ball around. That's just good basketball. And I, we saw that. So I think with kid, they're in like a much better position anyway, to kind of, you know, hurt teams who 
you know, try to throw everything at Luca. And I mean, with Luca's scoring stretch right now, I mean, it's it's insane. And we talked about him being a rhythm player. Um, honestly, like this is also happening. Not just like we talked about, yeah, him being upset about or not really upset, but you know, being on a mission since the whole All Star um starter thing. But now he he has the ball more, and it's mm-hmm. you can. And I know there there were some people saying um like Luca the scoring stretch. I've seen people and these are like non Mavs fans, and they're like, oh, this isn't a good thing, you know, this isn't a good thing because his usage is pretty much back up. And he, I think, and I get that, I can understand that. But at the same time, listen, right now the team is Luca and role players, you know what I mean? And you can argue that Porzingis his play was more of a role player, a high end role player. Um, but it was more of a role player, you know. He's um he was very inconsistent, just like a role player. But it's looping role players. He, he was relying, a role. He's a role player, but you had to cater to him as if I, he was a star. He was a star, exactly. Even if it didn't make basketball sense. Exactly, and with this now, it's just it's. I mean, Brunson's great, but Brunson's a role player. Like you know, yeah. we, we we can all agree on that. So yeah. it's Luca and role players. So if you're kind of depending on role players to play this significant role you're going to see a lot of inconsistencies. That's where the star needs to make up for that. So I can be okay with Luca's usage, you know, being a bit higher than it was at the beginning of the season because it's him and role players. I, I'm fine with that, especially if, um, unless I, I'm fine with it, if he doesn't go back to like really bad habits of like, you know, just pounding the ball and taking just horrible shots. Yeah. And I mean, the Pelicans game, I don't, I, he wasn't take to me, he wasn't taking like bad shots until the fourth because the fourth, he was clearly tired. Um, and he was just seeing if he can get the points. And he was clearly hunting that 50. And I think it kind of hurt us down the stretch because, um, the clock was winding down and he was there. We were taking quick shots or he was taking quick shots to get more possession so he can get to the 50. Um, and that's how the Pelicans were able to, we were playing at a faster pace than we should have been. And we're not supposed to do that because we're not a fast-paced team. So we're, we're kind of playing to the Pelicans' pace, and they were capitalizing, and it hurt us. So that's why they got back in the game. I have to – I have to – I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but I actually need you to exp- – because my, my, my barber came over to my dad's house. So when we went up 25, I was like, this is over. And he okay. lined my beard up. So I still don't really know. People like CJ went nuts. But when I was still getting my beard lined up, we were fighting for our lives. So what actually, what happened exactly? Okay, so I'll, okay, I'll do a quick explanation about that. So, okay, first of all, too, I'm, this is a good point, or this is a good case study for the point I'm always trying to make. Like, when Valentinus was killing us early, him and Jackson Hayes killing us early, every, but everyone on the timeline, oh my God. Oh my God! See, the white pal can't guard anybody. Oh my God! These bigs are telling us these da da da. This person's getting he's gonna get twenty twenty. I'm like, all right, <laughs> guys, listen. Basketball. I know we hate these analytic nerds, but it's still math. You know, it's still all about math. You have to outscore your opponents. We we're at a disadvantage right now. No matter how you spin it, we don't have like rim like real rim protection, and we don't we have a lot of. I don't want to say we don't have a lot of size. Because we're actually a pretty big team, and yeah. Skull even um, alluded to that, that we have a big lineup. But I would say size in the front court. Um, I didn't leave it at that. So we have a lot of size in the front court. Just off that alone, 
we're going to be at a disadvantage with like points in the paint and like these bigs just, you know, basically shooting over our bigs because our bigs aren't that big. So um, to me, basketball is about how many things you can take away. They're the only, the only, only the elite teams are taking away like pretty much everything, like a Phoenix, um, like a, even Golden State when they're healthy still has like a size problem. Everyone always says they need a center, all that. My point is not to get too long-winded and go on a tangent. My point is bigs are going to really, are going to kill us. That's just, that's just the name of the game. They're going to kill us. But we have to make sure their perimeter guys on that team aren't, you know, getting loose because if they're shooting the lights out and their bigs are killing us, we're not winning that game. <laughs> you know, we're just not winning. So that's what we were doing. And that's why we were up so big. You know, Van Chunas, um, Jackson Hayes, they're going to get their points in the paint. But we were locking up Ingram. We were we had CJ in check for the first three quarters. Um, and that's pretty much what you have to worry about in that team. I'm not going to act like the Pelicans are some <laughs> juggernaut. You don't really need to worry about anybody else on that team. So in the fourth, what happened was that um, CJ got loose. So CJ got real loose. Um, I, I think the guys just took their feet off the gas, honestly. Um, obviously, you're up like, what, 25? You're, they're not playing as hard. They're not defending as hard. So CJ really, really got it going. And when CJ got it going, that's when the lead started to, you know, cut down. And then Luca came back in and I felt like, you know, obviously we were still up by a big margin. So he was like, okay, let me get my stat pad on. And I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I wanted the 50 so bad. I was mad he didn't get it, but I wanted the 50 too. So I wasn't even mad that he was trying to stat pad. But with the stat pad, you're, you're playing quicker to get more possessions to get the points. So that's what we were doing. We were playing quicker even though we had the advantage of being up so much. Mm. So with us playing quicker and with Luca, he was tired. He was missing a lot of shots. That fourth quarter was horrible for Luca. So when he's missing the shots, so like he's taking threes, you know, long rebounds, Pelicans are getting the ball and they're pushing. <laughs> they're, you know, we're not ready to defend in transition because we're tired. Like I said, we were tired, feet off the gas. So Pelicans, we played at their pace and they capitalized. So that's pretty much what happened to the point that they got back into it. But, you know, we settled things down. Um, Maxi hit a big shot. I think it was Maxi. Actually, I don't remember. Somebody hit a big shot, and then um, Dorian, like, settled things down. He got a steal and pretty much um, iced it. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught that part. I caught yes. that part. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think, we, yeah, we just kind of played to their pace when we shouldn't have. But that's, like I said, that's just a little thing. That's like, this was the game before the All-Star break. I'm not going to be too, you know, mad at that. I'm not going to getting up in arms about that but i mean the 49 i wanted the 50 so bad oh my god two Brick, free throws that's a lot Brick Brick them, them, bro. oh my god but whatever i wanted those dragon rights to say oh he had two 50 point games in a week but whatever um but what was telling to me too um even during this run um it was during i read um cali cali kaplan's um article that's morning news about luca and basically he had, had, he is currently in the process and he's been preparing for this trade like just poisoning this trade like it juiced him up to the point where um he knows Porzingis is gone so he knows his minutes are going to go up and um obviously he's going to have an even more increased role um with Porzingis gone so he's been preparing for that like with his conditioning and everything like he has been really working hard at it because he knows he has to do a lot probably in the second half of the season so he's like really preparing for it so i mean we're probably gonna see um we might see a madman 
yeah. <laughs> the second half of the season. We might because like this is Luca and role players. Like this is you know what I mean. He has free range to do pretty much a lot. And like you said, like even if teams in the second, even if he goes on like a crazy scorching run, and teams are like, all right, we're not about to play with him, <laughs> you know, and yeah. just you know put two on him. Like you said, now we have the guys, and that's what I wanted to touch on too and ask you. So how did I mean you kind of touched on it a bit. But so how did you like um, Spencer and Davis? So it's been two games so far that we've seen of them. So what did you like? What didn't you like? Um, and how can you see them getting better or helping us more in the future? Uh, I'll start with Spencer. Um, there were a lot of comments in the peanut gallery that when Spencer got here, he was going to wave off Luca to jack up step backs <laughs> and goofy shit like that. And it's like, to me, I just feel like there's so many people that were rooting for our demise, still are. Them bum-ass Hawks fans and those bum-ass Nick fans still can't keep their names out of our mouth. So, and I'm not a like petty dude like that, but oh my God, I, I wish nothing but bad things for them because they were the main people like, Spencer's gonna wave off Luca, look at his shooting percentages, blah, blah, blah. And this is the thing, and you, if you listen to us for a while, I've always been a Spencer guy. He did what he was asked to do, like pretty much his whole career. Um, when he was in New Jersey, well, New Jersey, he's in Brooklyn, and he was the de facto starting point guard when everybody got hurt. Like there was no shot creation. There was no, he, he had to punch above his weight class. So there was a lot of ugly uh, step back threes and things of that nature. He hasn't done any of that shit in the little two-game sample that we got. It's everything. And the thing I love about him, he's making quick decisions with the ball. He either drives it or he passes it to somebody who – and they're not just hot potato passes. He's putting other people in a position to do something with it. Um, he did. He can't throw it in the ocean yet. And he's weird, strangely, he's an 80% free throw shooter and he's breaking his free throws. But – to me, that's just coming with time, being with a new team. Like, I, I, I didn't like the Luka, Jalen, Spencer lineup. But I'm yeah. starting to realize that what kids' plan is, remember how we all, you know, to kind of uh, touch back on something you mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm starting to realize Jason Kidd's entire plan this whole season, no matter how much some of this ugly shit was, is leading towards the playoffs. Because I think the stuff we're doing is going to help in the playoffs. When we used to see Dorian, um, like, driving and Maxi driving, like, we were all like, dog, we watch these dudes. They're 30 years old. They can't do that shit. Well, um, they're doing it. They're not doing it great, but they're, they're, they're at least threatening the defense with it, whereas yeah. they weren't doing that before. And you can't play basketball that way for dudes that's going to be on the court that much not in the NBA. And, you know, when I saw Maxi, basically, uh, Valanciunas went and closed out. He took him off the dribble and got a bucket. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't, I like, what is, what are we doing here? I'm not used to this. And yeah. when we play in the playoffs, that's going to happen. Those looks. Teams are not going to let Luca. We're not going to play the Clippers. No one's going to let Lucas scorch their franchise and send them home and get their coach fired. Like a coach just not going to sit there and watch Luca give you 40. They're going to trap him and say, the others got to beat us. 
we're I'm going to if we lose and Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans and Maxi Cleveland Dwight Powell pack me up, so be it. That's how I, that's I would do that. So that's what's gonna happen. And I actually think they're gonna be able to do it. I really do. And mm-hmm. I, I just I'm really, really looking forward to it playing out and Spencer has looked good. I think he's the key to that because I love Jalen. I'm starting. I need Jalen to do it in a playoff series, and I think he is. But you know how we kind of stamp Dorian because Dorian don't fold. He yeah. don't. In the, in, in the last two elimination games, it was it was Luka and Dorian. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen is, is, is ready to take that step. He's low-key starting to take that step against the, these good teams the last few weeks. Um, I, I'm, you know, I think he, he put the dagger in Miami the other night with his threes. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's doing what I want him to do, but I don't know if I trust him having to do it all. That's where Spencer comes in and Spencer don't got to be an all-star. He just got to give me, you know, 12 and six, make good plays with the ball. And he's a tall dude. And I think we're going to be in good shape with that. Like, um, I'm going to cut the Spencer talk off to touch on Bertans. Bertans is a shooter shooter. Um, uh-huh. He's not a Dorian Finney-Smith three-point shooter. Nope, he, nope, nope, nope. He, he's not a Maxi Cleveland. He's a movement shooter. shooter. Yeah, he's a guy that, like, he's a shooter shooter. And as much as I love Reggie, he's not even a Reggie bullet three-point shooter he's a guy you can run a play for specifically to get a three-point shot and it's still going to be a good possession and I think like dude shoots 40 percent from his career and if you you are because we're we're mass fans and a lot of mass fans don't watch basketball outside of the Mavs, right? So when yeah. you just go to basketball reference and you saw he was shooting 32%, you're like, oh, he stinks. Listen, man, the type of threes he shoot are different than any threes any player on our team shoots. And he's been shooting 40% for mostly his career. I, I think he's going to be really, really big now. He can't play nobody's defense. He oh, my goodness. <laughs> you can't even, you can't, yeah. you, you can't hide him. You can't. Yeah, you can't hide them. And that's what I thought too. Yeah, not to cut you off because I'm going to get into it, but yeah. Yeah, you, you can't hide them. You, uh, there's no hiding that man. It, it's, but he's still 6'10, right? And he's a better athlete than I thought he was. I, I'll be honest. Oh, that I, N1 got you, huh? That N1 yeah, got you. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even know he had that in him. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be real. I didn't know he had that in him and just like, pure straight line foot speed um it's more than I remember him having then again he's been hurt a lot so maybe when I watched him before he was injured I don't know but I I think he's gonna be a positive asset like I I, there's a lot of uh (laughs) you know we made this trade where they're two smaller bad contracts and man I don't know I, I I from basketball reasons we need what those dudes bring like dead ass. We legitimately need what those two dudes bring to the table. So I think they're going to continue. I like what I've seen. Um, my expectations were higher for Spencer than uh, Davis, but I don't know if they should have been because I, you know, I know he couldn't throw in an ocean. What do you go, one for seven against New Orleans? 
it was uh, who Davis? Yeah, it was probably. Something. Yeah, he yeah. he didn't really shoot well. But you know that's the that's the nature with high volume three point shooters. Exactly. And I think, man, I think he's gonna step up, man. I, I really really like what I've seen from those guys. Um, I do want to go on a little tangent because I I put this on the timeline the other day and our game against New Orleans kind of gave some validity to it. Um, you know, last week we talked about the Sabonis trade and I made it a point to bring up how those slow-footed centers, they can't really protect the rim, even if they're really good offensively. It's like, I'm good on, I'm, I'm personally, I don't want one of those dudes on the Mavs unless they're cheap as hell, right? And if you can give me one for, you know, 10 to 15 million that I don't have to cater to like the superstar, yeah, sign me up. But if I got to pay one big money and the team is built in a way where I have to depend on him being on the court 30 minutes, I'm good. And I think the evidence in in that is Jonas Jonas is a good player. I like him quite a bit. But it's just hard to be a winning team on a high level, even when he's cooking. Because, man, he can't guard nobody. He can't guard anybody with foot speed. When you get taken off the dribble by Maxi, it's like, we're talking about Maxi. And all the really, really good teams all have players that are much better than Maxi that's going to put them in the mix like that. And I think that would just manifest itself in real time when we played New Orleans. I I don't – the Mavs need that type of player. Like, I – I kind of want to do the center by bullpen approach moving forward, unless we can go get a Jared Allen. Um, yes, that's how. Yeah. Oh my God, that's what I've been saying. Like the center spot. Like if you don't have one of the big dogs, like you can go like cheap and like survive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you really can't. Like you don't need like a um, like you were saying. You don't need to pay premium for a center yeah, in today's nba we don't even like my man al sacramento uh michelle holmes like he he's 13 million that's a little bit more than i would like to but if you paying like rashawn holmes 13 million then you paying maxi like seven to eight maybe even nine and then you got boban or somebody a little better than shit marquise chris yeah, Marcus Chris. Like, yeah, I'm going to war with that. Like, that's what I want moving forward. I don't want, um, I, I don't, I don't, and this is where I'm getting kind of nervous, and we'll touch on this in the off season. Like, even giving somebody like John Collins, even if because I, I, the conversation we're having right now, I think is going to eventually be had in Atlanta because that yeah. dude is getting 25 million, and they, the. the kind of they stink for the same reasons it's like yeah there there's only so good you can be on defense with certain dudes and i know trey is a problem so like that john collins while he's a good player they almost have to get a defensive player there because if trey's on your team you stink defensively and it's just can you pay 25 million to a big that can don't create his own shot yeah or and not only does he not create his own shot he's not like he's he's not protecting nobody's rump he's not the anchor of a defense like can you even do that in 2022 and be a a good team 
I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. know about that either. Yeah, it's it's just hard because like, okay, so I just, okay, so I mean, just to backtrack a bit with Davis and Spencer, I agree with you um, on most of your points. Um, with Spencer, yeah, he's he's playing a little scary right now. And I mean, that's the case with ball handlers going to a new team that already has their, you know, kind of established quote unquote ball handlers. Um, and we already had Jalen and Brunson. So those lineups where it was like um yeah, Luca, Brunson, and Spencer, yeah, I wasn't really a great a uh, huge fan of that. Um just because I I like it's good, yes, Spencer can like, you know, dribble, drive, you know, attack closeouts, draw fouls. That's great. But if teams aren't doubling Luca and are just playing him straight, that's a not a great lineup because Spencer doesn't have much off ball value. We saw it on his catch and shoot attempts. They're off, man. He airballed mm-hmm. one out the corner against the Heat. Um, he and you can't even say, oh, he's out of rhythm. He he's been playing this whole season. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's been playing. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing. So and he's a career like I said, career thirty two. Like granted, his those are bogged down by you know off the dribble or you know off the dribble shots, but he's still around. I think it was like 36% on catch and shoots. And that's not really great. If we're talking about catch and shoots, that's not really great. Um, so yeah, he's not, I don't think he has much like off ball value, but when Reggie comes back, I would really like to see, like, I'm really excited. I really hope Reggie can be back for like the first game after the all-star break um, to really see Spencer's uh, minutes and how the rotations go, because I think he'll play less in the lineups with like both Luca and, um, Brunson I think he'll still probably play a good dose with at least one of them but not not both not heavy minutes with both at the same time and that's what I want to see to see how he kind of takes initiatives in those lineups um but I like what he can do like the drawing fouls granted he bricked all them four free throws in Miami granted I figured that was a fluke he's not a bad free throw shooter but okay whatever um but he's good like he can draw some fouls and that's welcome here because you know Outside of Luca, no one really draws fouls on this team. Um, so that's gonna be a welcome sight. And I mean, he's long. Like you said, he's long. Like his arms, yeah, are, his arms are a little longer than I thought. Like I saw him go in, he like did a slight euro and like he did a layup. His arm looked like extendo. Like he yeah. just laid that up. Yeah. So he's the length, the added length. That's gonna be great. Um, so yeah, I'm I mean, I wasn't a huge Spencer fan and Spencer comes to the team just because. You know, multiple ACL surgeries, you know, he looked cooked. Even here, he hasn't been, you know, offensively, he hasn't been great. <laughs> you know, he hasn't been great. But like I said, it's only been two games. So I'm willing to, you know, be patient a bit and see what he can do and how he can improve because I can see where he can definitely help us out and make us better. And with um, Bertans, he's going to be, a um, like you said, high volume shooters are inconsistent and that's what I've been saying since last year I saw when we used to get upset with Tim like yeah Tim's inconsistent but that's just high volume shooters like you're not like if you're shooting at a high volume you're not gonna shoot six for eight every game you know what I mean as a shooter you're just not you're gonna shoot six for eight you might have a one for five you know one for eight you know like that's just how it's gonna go and Bertans is literally like, you know, people are saying, oh, yeah, Bertans is basically a 6-10-10. That's really what it is. Like, he is a 6-10-10 because he, Tim was our only, like, pretty much like, I mean, Reggie's here now. And he's a bit of a movement shooter a bit. Like, he can come off a screen and shoot. But it was, it's only Tim and Reggie on the team. 
Like like yeah. you said on the pod, like Dorian, Maxi, none of those guys are coming off screens <laughs> and shooting the ball. Like they're spot up shooters. So the fact that Bertans, like you said, you can run a play for him and get him a look, that's always welcome here. Um, and also, like you said, he cannot defend a thing. And that's I learned that the hard way watching him in the, the Pelicans game. <laughs> um, that's another reason why they came back on us too. He was playing. And he was just not it on defense. Like he, yeah, yeah. He's long. And I mean, he was trying hard, like, especially in the Miami game too. I was watching. Oh yeah. He was trying hard. Like he was trying mm-hmm. to scramble, but you know, he's not quick. <laughs> um, and, no, not at all. Yeah. It's, it's, he, I can't see him playing heavy minutes just because he's not really great defensively. And you would think, okay, um, you want to play him with in lineups with Luca a lot because you know, Luca can get him those great looks, but again, he's so bad defensively that you can't play him too much with Luca. So it's just he is a, a bit of a wild card. I feel like his minutes are gonna be like Spencer is probably gonna have set minutes, especially when Reggie comes back. But Bertans' minutes is probably gonna be a touch and go kind of thing. Like if you're on, you're on. So we're gonna, you know, play you. But if you're not really on today, we're probably gonna have you riding this bench because it's not like you're defending either. So, um, yeah, I just think um, those guys, I could see, you know, I, I'm seeing a vision of how they can help us in the short term as well. Um, again, I mean, like I said, I don't, this is for the short term. I still don't want us to, like, think about keeping these guys for any type of, you know, long-term, you know, scenario. Maybe Spencer, but for Tons, I would, yes, I would like them to look about moving him you know this offseason skill but that's besides the point but like you're saying about centers um yeah I think I yeah I'm, I'm in the camp where um yeah you don't need to go premium for a center unless you have um, one, one of the of, top one, ones yeah, yeah. One, of, one of them guys yeah. one of those guys so um I mean listen I'm just like the small ball lineup I'm just very intrigued by like a Luca Brunson Dodo, Bullock, and Maxi. Yeah. Like that's probably a closing, like if they're all healthy, that's probably a closing lineups in the playoffs. Like I that's a I'm that's a twitchy squad. Like I'm yeah. not trying to like overrate our like squad because I'm still weary. Like I still go back and forth. I mean, I'll probably like look at things closer like later on in the season when we're closer to the playoffs to really see where we're at and all that. But that's the I. If I'm an opposing squad, I would not want to face us. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, and I'm thinking all. about the yeah, I'm thinking about the Utah matchup and like, that, I mean that, that, that closing lineup against that's, theirs. That's sending the Mormons home. That's just that's packing them up. That's, that's what I'm packing saying. Like, them up, I'm bro. Sorry, Gobert can't. Gobert is not like that lineup. Luca Brunson, Benny Smith, Block, and Maxi. Yeah, we have defense. We have offense. They're not def- like they can't defend. I don't think they can defend that lineup well at all. Yeah, because who's Gobert guard yeah. in that lineup? And, he's gonna have to come away from the basket. I hate to say it, but like with Tall Man, I actually think they stood a better chance if we kept him. Yeah, because they would have just stuck um fucking probably not Royce O'Neal because he would have been on Luca, but they probably would have um put what's his face. Whoever their worst wing defender is, yeah. they could have stuck. They could have stuck on him, and he Porzingis still wouldn't have been able to cook. They could have hit anybody on Porzingis. 
yeah, but you can't do that because even with Max, Maxi's Maxi's not gonna want post touches and be scoring no, post. Maxi, no. Maxi's gonna be behind the three point line. Exactly, um, and and I think Maxi. Maxi is folded in the playoffs, but you're still not leaving him wide the fuck open. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. He's the key. Like, Maxi's the key. He cannot, like, we are actually depending on him. Yeah. <laughs> he can't, he can't fold. He can't, if he folds, we are folding. Like, and it's hard to rely. It's hard to say that out loud because it sounds nuts. Yeah. Like, because Maxi isn't our best player. It's still Luca. We still go as Luca goes. But Maxi and Dorian, like, to me, I, I, I figured they would stick. It would probably stick Gobert on Maxi because the last time they tried it with Dorian. To me, Dorian's game has evolved to the point you, you can't yeah, hide Gobert on Dorian. No, that's no, yeah, that's not gonna work. No. Um, Dorian actually is Dorian dribbling towards the basket on a closeout by a big is not a calamity anymore. I feel comfortable. exactly. I feel comfortable, and plus he's gonna take it personally and he's yeah, gonna cook. Right. Yeah, so they're not gonna do that. So I'm thinking matchups wise, it's probably gonna be Gobert on Maxi. They're probably gonna try to stick um Boyan on Dorian. Um, and it's to me our size is gonna bother them too. Yeah. Like Spo was right. Other than Brunson, everybody else is six, like six, seven, like six, eight. Like we have the size to bother people. We have the defense that line up as the offense. We have shooters. Um, we have two like playmakers and two guys that could dribble. So it's not even just Luca and shooters. It's Luca shooters and a secondary, you know, playmaker and, yeah, uh, and creators. So we that's a tough lineup. That's a tough lineup for the Mormons. So yeah. I'm just, um, I just really hope we get that matchup. I just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm to the point. I think, I think the Mavs are going to be a situation where they're hunting the Jazz. And I think so too. Most fans don't want to hear it. Well, oh man, uh, Gobert is going to give us twenty and twenty. Okay. So. Okay. I mean, okay. As long as Mitchell, listen, Gobert can have his twenty and twenty, but the problem is Gobert can't have twenty and twenty, and Mitchell has four. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. Exactly. We're going to lose. So Gobert can have his twenty twenty, but as long as Mitchell is in check, we're winning. We're winning. And and I trust between Reggie, and this is where I. I love Dorian. Dorian is our guy buying my son's jerseys now. He didn't sign the contract. Like. I root for Dorian for reasons deeper than basketball. Same reason why I love Dennis Smith Jr. so much. I admit it. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't. I'm going to lie about how good he is at basketball. Reggie's mm-hmm. a better defender than Dorian. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because Reggie makes the other player uncomfortable. Reggie, Dorian's really good. He, he And under Jason Kidd, Dorian has got better at this. But you just watch the way body language when Reggie's into a player into their space versus anyone else on the roster it's like man that's just different like yeah and I'm not he gets saying, in their jersey he yeah, gets up yeah. On and I'm not saying Reggie is some lockdown defender but it's just you just watch it it's it looks different it just does I think Dorian would defend Mitchell though just because I think Dorian is a bit better at the point of attack yeah. like if he I think he's just a slightly better there um he has he's he's longer than um Bullock, so yeah. he can um deter drives a bit better. So that's probably why they'll stick Dorian on um Donovan. Or, or, and, or you could even do something to where like you basically 
you whoever they run in the pick and roll with pick and roll with yes you, you pull off there so you just you, switch it you just yeah. switch it and that's just mm-hmm. and I'm, i think donovan mitchell's a very good player but that sounds like hell for him oh he's gonna be in hell bro if we switch that pick and roll like whoever oh they're gonna be that's why i want that's why i'm like the small ball lineup obviously paula's gonna get the minutes but paula's not closing bro paula's uh, not closing because you could switch you could switch with that small ball lineup or a small ball closing lineup Mitchell's going to be hell because switching, what switching does is take away shot creation, essentially, or it makes it harder for shot creators to basically get their game off. So, I mean, Mitchell is a playoff riser, so I'm not trying to underestimate him. Mm, you know, he's no, going to no. he's gonna step his game up. But Mitchell also, like people are saying, Gobert's going to get 20 and 20. Are we sure Utah players are going to pass him the ball to get that 20? Like, are we I, I sure mean, they're going to trust ha, ha, them? They've played smaller, worse defensive front lines than us and he didn't put up 20 and 20 we as masters, exactly. I, I it's something that i see on the timeline all the time this big is gonna kill us and do all this other goofy shit that don't happen and then people just forget that they put how we were going to be destroyed by said big and this was even this was in games before porzingis played before the porzingis played trade but he was out oh man porzingis ain't playing this big is gonna give us a whole bunch of this and that it's like hey man that shit didn't happen we won the game more often than not, too. And the funny thing is, it's certain <laughs> type of bigs that give us problems. Like it's not just any big. It's not just any old big. It's the it's the athletic like it's lob the, threat. The inner the energy big. Yeah, the energy bigs that could play above the rim and yeah. get like a bunch of like shit ton of offensive rebounds. Those are the kind of bigs that usually kill us because, like I said, that's just like a size there. But um, I'm not scared of no damn Gobert. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, the only thing is, I feel like, like, this seems like a good matchup for Brunson, but I could also see if it could get a bit hairy just because, like, you know, he's getting better with his three-point volume, which is great to see. But, you know, Brunson is still a mid-range kind of guy, like, mm-hmm. attacking the rim. You know, Gobert is still, that's what he's good at. He's good at, mm-hmm. like, kind of walling off the rim and, you know, walling off the paint. So I could, I could like... I could see Brunson having a hard time getting his game off if, if Gobert's out there. But if Gobert's not going to play all 48, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not going to play all 48. Exactly. And I could see, and if, if we're just talking about perimeter defenders, you know, Jazz don't got none of that. Right. So um, I, I like the matchup. I can I see it be one of those situations where, you know, you know how the rotations go. I don't know if they'll yeah. stay the same in, mm-hmm. the, uh, in the playoffs, but as soon as Rudy goes off the court, Brunson, Brunson needs to be scored, in, yep. he scores eight straight, and then he just scores two or three during the minutes him and Lucas share. And then uh, Gobert goes off the court, he puts up four or five straight points. And his while you're watching the game, you're like, damn, Brunson didn't do a whole lot. And then because it, it's weird because it's happening right now. You know, I stand yeah. for Jalen Brunson. I'm like, dog. Jalen has 20 every night. That, that, uh, it wasn't the Miami game. I think it was the game before that. I think it was the second Clippers game that we lost. He scored 20 on good efficiency, and I just don't remember it. And, and that's I'm, good. That's looking yeah, good. So it's yeah, and, I'm, and I, felt, I felt like he didn't yeah. play well. I was like, damn, I need Jalen to do some more. And I look at the shit. Well, that's like, the bar now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's now. what I'm saying. And I think we're, I just think he's there now. I just think mm-hmm. that's what he is as a, player um going to be an efficient like 18 to 20 a night yeah and 
it's just so crazy because I, that's so much more than I ever thought he would be. He's so much better than I ever thought he would oh, be. Oh, yeah. Ever. I got to eat the crow. Yeah, I'm, I, I do, was, too. Again, I do, publicly, too. People last think, year I was saying. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, people think I'm just this Brunson stand. And it's because, like, dog, I this ain't what I expected. And But at the, just because it's not what you expected based on previous expectation, now that it's here, you can't start lying saying goofy shit that doesn't stand up to facts oh he can't score against length he can't score against defenses hey man the box scores are the box scores the eye test is the eye test actually he's doing it and i didn't think he and i think so many people can't let go of their previous expectations and it's also weird because we it's so weird because Jalen's still on his rookie contract this is his fourth year in the league and it's like people just, myself included, so I can't get mad, but I will get mad when you see what's happening right in front of you. We're, shit, man, there's only 20-something games, 29 games left. He just is what he is at this point. He's just a really good player, and yeah. I don't like people poo-pooing it. And I, I feel that happens too much in our fan base. Yeah, my thing, yeah. Brunson and I, last year I was saying, hey, you know, I – I don't know if Brunson's like a starting guard just because, you know, we knew about him not taking, you know, off the dribble three-point shots. He still doesn't do it, but, you know, his three-pointer, like, attempts were a bit low on volume. He wasn't passing well, you know, like, he got a lot of ton of vision and all that. So that kind of contributed, all that contributed to me saying, I don't know if he's ready for, like, a starting role because, um, granted, he – at that point last year, he played well with Luca, but it was like, okay, yeah, attacking the gaps, you know, off what Luca creates. So I just thought um, teams would have been disappointed if they brought him in to be like a starting guard and have like a good line share um, offensive responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong. I was completely wrong because even when Luca was out, he like granted not we we went to like six to nine. Everyone wants to talk about the record and all that. Hey, hey, played I, well. I don't mean to cut you off, but six yeah. and nine would have had you no it would have had you as the 10th seed in the west for most of the season so that's that's not a great team but a lot of luca has the worst teammates of any star in the league the niggas would be a playoff they would be a playing team if luca blew his knee out i really truly believe it oh they would have been i i believe that too i believe that too i don't think they would have been like a people think we'd have been like bottom of the conference type thing and that's just not true and that's why I've, I've been pushing back on it because I, I used to say the same shit too. Like last year, I mean, it was, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's, we're such a, even though it's the same people, same like players, we're, we're still a very different team from last year. But last year, I had the same feeling too. Like, oh my God, this is a lottery team without, you know, Luke and Porzingis and all that. And we saw that that was just not the case this year. And I, that's, that's the difference between me and some, some of these other people. Like, if I say something and it gets proven wrong, I'm going to say, all right, I was wrong. Like, you know, yeah. that's not the truth. But people still, like, they still want to push the narrative even though they get proven wrong. And I'm like, why lie? Like, why continue to lie? Like, you don't have to lie. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, we see Brunson, you know, evolve his game. And I could say, yes, this is a starting player in this league. And I like the fit with Luca, especially if you can surround them with 3 and D, you know, kind of long defenders. And that's kind of what like I said, I, yeah. I keep pointing out that closing lineup, but Luca Brunson and then the rest of them is just long, lengthy 
defenders who can shoot. Like that is kind of the formula, which is why I need to see it. I need to see it before I say it's the formula. Um, because you know, we haven't done anything with that kind of group yet. Right. So I, I just need to see it because I, I do I don't know if it's just the Kool-Aid and we've been winning, but I, I do want to see um I do want to see what we can do because I'm I'm optimistic. Like even with the whole poison this trade, I did say yes, our ceiling is lower, but our floor got higher. Yeah. So it's like, and we have a ceiling raiser on the team as well in Luca. So it's not like Porzingis is the only ceiling raiser on the team. Like Luca doubles as both a floor and a ceiling raiser. So I just think Luca not playing like different matchup and a matchup that really have, have, has no answer for him. I'm just that's what I'm very curious. And we get to see um this can segue into our next kind of topic, um, second half predictions. So we can see um we see the Jazz in our first matchup after the break, and we play them two more times, like after that first matchup. So we're gonna get um a good idea. And I, I know both teams are looking at it closely. I know on you know the Jazz's side, you know, Quinn Snyder, he's looking at us too, because it's looking like you know, us and Utah for the four or five matchup. Um, so I know they're going to be scouting us too. So it's, this is going to be a good test to see where both teams are at, to see how the matchups can go. I mean, I, I hope kid doesn't really like show his hand too much, you know, you know, like yeah. I, I don't want him to give away all the tricks and I doubt they will. And I doubt Quinn will too. Um, so it's just going to be interesting. So even if we do lose, even if say we lose all three or lose two out of three, I'm not going to be too mad at it I, I just want to see process I'm not necessarily looking for results even though I need to beat we need to beat them because another part of this too is I'm on home court only two games back Utah home court might be very important for this matchup too Utah is a hard place to play Utah is a hard it's kind of like Denver you know it's a hard place to play so if we have home court I'd feel much much better about the matchup so we're only two games behind so if we can beat them you know like in two out of three games I, I like our chances for four you know we kind of fell behind with those stupid losses to um you know okay seeing the magic but we're still right there so um I would say a prediction for the second half is I, I I don't know why we have a tough schedule I know this but I just feel a run in us like one of those surprise runs like you look up and you're like damn the Mavs are on like an eight game win streak like I'm talking about like that type but I feel like we have that in us we do and um it just depends on if you know Luca's focused and I feel like he will be he's in shape and he's his name I mean he says he doesn't care but you know players say that all the time but if your name is starting to get in the MVP mix he might make a little push you know guys are knowing their roles you know at that point Spencer and Davis would hopefully be more integrated so I feel like we could like shake shit up we can go what what do we have 23 games left I don't know the number um, I'm guessing 23. Shit, if we go like a, we could do like a 16, like if we go 16 to seven or like, um, you know, 17 to six, something like that. I, I'd like that. I'd like that. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens in the second half. But I, my prediction is I feel like we're going to go on a run and we're going to get the four seed. I think the Jazz, I don't think they're going to drop the six. Um, I think they're going to stay at five because the Nuggets are like good, but especially if Maurice coming back, he's going to need some integration period. 
and they they have bigger issues. So I think they're gonna stay at six. I think Memphis, Memphis and Golden State is interesting though, because Memphis has an easy schedule. The rest of they the season, have a second. I was looking at this the other day. Wait, Memphis, second easiest, right? Yeah, they're not playing mm-hmm. anybody, man. Yeah, they have an easy schedule, and Golden State still is looking at time without Draymond, and they've been kind of mixed bag without Draymond. And they, I think they're only like a half game or one game behind the Warriors or something like that. So Memphis Loki could get the two seed. I think and it's I actually I don't I think I can't find anywhere to gamble on it, but I think it's I'm I would bet money on it. On it, right? Yeah. So I think Memphis might jump up to two unless they um they start to because what the Timberwolves are in seventh or something. Um I think Memphis, granted, I don't think Memphis needs to do any jockeying for position. But I like the Denver matchup for them. Like, Denver is tough, don't get me wrong. No, but they, they, I like that matchup for Grizzlies, bro. I do. They give, I do. They give Denver hell. They and were. yes, just even, because even, Ja is the nightmare guard. Like, for Jokic, like, Ja is not a good matchup for Jokic. Yeah. And I know you keep you looking at it. Oh, that's a point guard versus a center. Like, the type of center Jokic, like Jokic is, Ja fries him, bro. Every time yeah. they match up. It's it's the points in the paint. Like I think I think Ja is second in the league at points in the paint. And that's asking Jokic to try to outscore all them dudes and keep that motherfucker out the paint and rim protect. That's not that's they getting packed up expeditiously. That's what Uh, I think too. I that's why I like Memphis's chance. Like, that's why I'm saying it depends on their, like, jockeying. Like, it depends. Like, I, I think they could beat the Lakers easily, too. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, Memphis is in a good spot. So, I think they actually take two. I think Golden State gets three. Um, and the Golden State should be a little weary of that, honestly. If, if Murray comes I, back and looks good, Jokic might eat them up. <laughs> so, Golden yeah, State needs to be careful. I don't, I don't think it's, I, like, so I got the strength of schedule in front of me. And this strength mm-hmm. of schedule... Is just based on winning percentage of remaining yeah. opponents. So Golden State has the seventh hardest schedule. Memphis is third easiest. And this is where I say, like, the Mavs schedule is kind of tough that first week, but we're 19th. So technically the 11th easiest schedule remaining. So that run okay. you're talking about happening, we got you know, 23 games left. Yeah, man. I'm looking at this Joker, and I mean, we got three against the Jazz. We got the Cavs. We got Milwaukee. We got Boston, and we got Golden State twice. But Golden State, if they don't have, um, if they don't have uh, Draymond back, and I, I, from my understanding, no one really knows when he's coming back yet. Yeah. Um, and to me, the Clay Thompson. This is my prediction why I wasn't that high on Golden State. Even if he comes back and plays, he's in, he's out, he got to get his rhythm. Like, that's something that I feel like no one's talking about. It's like they kind of stink because Clay, they're trying to integrate Clay into the offense. So they're losing some games trying to integrate him. And then other games, he's cooking. And it, it, everyone just remembers the games where he's cooking and don't remember the other games where he's bad. And, um, Dang man, I wouldn't be floored if Golden State fell to four. I, I, I just would. Four. I would like not. Us? Like who passing them? Us or the Jazz? I, I would not. Either, either or. 
if we go on a run, if the Jazz go on a run, I won't be f- amazed. I'm not. I don't think it's going to happen. Let me be very mm. clear. I'm not. Predict- okay, okay, okay. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying if it happens, you wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I wouldn't be like, oh, because I mean, I look at it. Utah, we are what six games back in them. Six, uh, seven. Utah, games. Aren't we? Yeah, we're we're seven games back of Golden State. And yeah, then we're U- coming, yeah. And then Utah is what three and a half games back. Mm. So you look at the games remaining. Let's say Utah just plays slightly above five hundred, which is possible given the way they've looked at times over the last month, and the Jazz get it together, or we go on a run. I'm just like I don't because Memphis, dog, Memphis is going to keep winning. They're they're not going to slow down unless they start taking on purpose to yeah. get a certain matchup. Memf- that Memphis train is out the station. It's a runaway. It's they're not going to get. They don't really even lose to bad teams like that. Ironically enough, they for a young team that's usually weird. They usually get snuck by because they don't bring it every night, but they just grinding teams in the dust. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, the West is interesting. I feel like we might see some matchup kind of, you know, jockeying down the stretch because, like, I want Utah. I'm, my yeah. sights are set on Utah. Last year I did the same shit where my sights were set on Denver yeah. um, and fucking Clippers. Oh, fucking yeah. With a master class in tanking at yeah. the end. Um, with fucking Daniel O'Toole, fuck him. He'll always be on my list just because of um the bullshit he pulled. Yeah. Um, he had like what twenty two. He had like a twenty twenty game. Like who are you? Yeah. Or whatever, whatever. Oh no, no, not Daniel O'Toole. I meant um Poku, Poku Shefty. Poku, like he did not look like an NBA NBA player that whole season until that last game. I was very upset. Um, but um, yes, I I think we might see it again. But my my sights are set on Utah. Granted, Denver could really come fuck this up and jump up to five. Um, I'm just hoping that's not the case because I, I'm not, I don't want that Denver matchup. I really don't. But um, you don't want to pick you, between your sons. <laughs> not even just that. Last year I was comfortable with it, with the, you know, like no Murray. And I, I felt like they didn't really have anything for Luca, even though, you know, Aaron Gordon was cool or whatever. But I just felt like last year we could have had that. Um, but this year, just. Like you, you, it's not like you can you can't punish Jokic with like small ball, um, because he's going to punish you <laughs> with small ball, and you know you cannot double him under any circumstances. So I just and he can and if Murray's coming back, that's an additional shot creator. And all, I just don't like the matchup. I I think we can hang in there. We can even potentially win, but it's just not one that I'm confident. In. The Utah one. I, I've, especially last year, last year I wanted no parts of the Utah matchup. That's the way how we were defending that pick and roll. We'd have gotten beaten alive. But this year with the new schemes and everything, yep, I want Utah. The, the former is already out there to beat them. And granted, I've said it, there's film on how to beat us too, but we have the advantage of having the new coaching staff. Like we're a bit more unpredictable. And now that Porzingis is gone, Porzingis was someone on the, your scouting report. That was someone you had to game plan for. Um, and now that he's not there, you could say, oh, well, it's just Luca. Not really. Um, you know, if you are throwing everything at him, the guys now, they've been together so long. There's continuity there. They know how to play four on what? It would be um, four on three. They know mm-hmm. how to play four on three to beat you. They know how to play four on three to beat you. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
Or what do you think about the plane matchups? I think I think seven and eight, we might um that's the thing. The Lakers are just so weird. They really might have to win two playing games to get in. Cause I mean the Clippers for all their problems. And I mean, I could see the Clippers sliding, even though I could say that and they just beat Golden State by a million points. Right. But I was gonna say I could see them sliding with the power injury since he doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. I can see them sliding, but like Ty Lue is just such a fucking, you know, genius. I just, they might just be in the seven, eight spot with the Timberwolves. And, and they have no incentive to lose because they don't own their pick. So actually, the farther they go, the better for, you know, them and their pride that, you know, OKC doesn't get a high pick. So they have no incentive to lose whatsoever. And you could see it with their moves and what Tyler has been doing. So they're going to keep going. But the Lakers, and with LeBron's comments um, over All-Star Weekend and all these reportings coming out with Clutch, like Clutch isn't happy with um, Palenka for not making deadline moves, even though there weren't really many moves they could make. There's a report saying that um, Wall and Wood were on the table, but they wanted Westbrook and... Um, probably, you know, Westbrook salary filler and the 2027 pick. And Palenka didn't want to do that because obviously that pick is probably going to be valuable. That's 2027. <laughs> and at that point, you don't even know if, if Braun definitely won't be on the team. AD, you don't even know if he's going to be there. So you don't want to give up a pick like that when your future isn't set. So I get why they didn't want to do it. But Clutch is mad that they didn't do it. It's like this whole thing. So the Lakers, I could see them still being dysfunctional and still being bad, you know, um, and they could be in that ninth spot. I don't think they'll fall to 10, even though the 10th seeds are knocking on their door, which is crazy. But I don't think they'll fall to 10. Yeah, I think they'll, yeah, they're going to, I mean, 9, 10 doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, I think they're going to have to win two games to get into the playoffs. So can they do that? Granted, I, LeBron James, LeBron, you know, LeBron's my goat. I don't like to bet against LeBron. And I've always said it. That's why when I did my, um, I did some predictions about how the season will go, and I had the Lakers above us because I just wanted to give Bron the benefit of the doubt that he could figure it out. And granted, Bron had had been playing phenomenal, but it wasn't enough. And that kind of humbled me with, like, damn, like, Bron could be doing all this, still not enough. Like, he was when he was averaging, like, 30 for, like, those three weeks, they had a losing record. I was like, wow, like, yeah, Braun isn't enough. Like, this is one of the few times where you could really say, yeah, Braun, like, especially for the regular season, that Braun isn't enough. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel. It's just crazy. I think, yeah, I think the Lakers, they, I don't think they're making the playoffs, man. I, I can't see them. Like, yes, they're going to be whoever gets a 10. I think they're going to be, who's it, the Blazers, Kings, or whatever. I think, you know, Braun, Loxing, all that, they're going to be whoever that is. But, Clippers, Timberwolves, whoever gets out of that or whoever loses that. I mean, I don't know, man. Because the Timberwolves, they're a twitchy group, man. They're a twitchy group. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know, man. If you put a yeah. guy, if you put a, because I guess what, AD is out for another month. Mm-hmm. And he got to get back in rhythm when he come back too. And yeah, mm, I don't know, man. Because by the time he gets back, it's going to be close to the end of the regular season basically yeah and he's to the point where like those lower body injuries on big dudes start to multiply mm-hmm. right like so you sprain your ankle I'm, I'm just telling you as a i'm not nearly as tall as he is 
but as someone that has, has had knee problems and played a whole lot less basketball than AD, man, when you sprain your ankle or, you know, you strain your anything in your lower body, man, that shit start messing, the way you walk, you start overcompensating. And I think that's starting to happen for him. And I don't know if he's going to be right even when he gets back. But, man, I'm not going to pick. I wouldn't. Let's say the playing tournament started tomorrow. I still take the Lakers. I'm still taking I'm taking the Lakers. Because how would that work? Seven plays ten, one time in the end. How does it work again? So, so okay. So, I think I forgot the order of how it goes. I think um, I just know seven plays eight. And then the loser of seven eight plays the winner of nine. Ah, there we go. Okay, so if you put a gun in my head, I'd probably take Minnesota to beat the Clippers right now. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's playing well, even though they're just playing well. They they are. This is arguably their best stretch of the season. So I think they would beat the Clippers. I just think they would outgun the Clippers. Um, even though I think Todd Lou is a really good coach. So then Minnesota's in the seventh, and then I guess I think the Lakers will beat Portland. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the Lakers will beat Portland, and then I think it'd be, wow, it'd be the Clippers versus the Lakers for that. Man. Wow. I, Man. I, I, I'm still taking Braun. You're taking, taking Bron. Yeah, that's the thing. Bron, I would take I Bron just because it's Bron. I just I can't bet against. Yeah, but Bron. but the thing is, what if what if uh, what if Paul George is back? That's like, another thing too. Like that's another thing. Paul, they they appear. I I could be wrong, but I think when is that MRI? They doing an MRI to see if he's good or gonna have surgery. That's coming literally any day now. So if Paul George come back. If Paul George come back, they're beating them. Uh, they they would beat the. Lakers. I think they're beating them. Yeah, I think uh, they're beating them with Paul George there. Yeah, but if but. he don't, I, I'm still taking the Lakers. And if Paul, if Norm Paul there too, if Norm Paul, I, I don't. I th- Norm Powell got he he. It's the bone next to the bone. Tim broke. Oh, so he, he's probably done. Yeah, he's done. Okay, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't listen, man. I it's it's just tough because. Even in the East, like, I can't even predict anything in the East because everything no, is just so I'm, bunched up. I'm not even wasting my time. I, yeah, I'm not wasting it, my time on the East. Yeah, because, I, yeah I mean, it's it, just so bunched up. It's one, two, three. It's like seven, seven teams, and then eight if you include Brooklyn that are all in the mix for everything. I don't yeah. know. It's just going to be yeah. luck and injuries and who's playing well. Yeah, I mean, the, the matchups are going to be fire, regardless of any type of, like, that's the one thing with the East. I'm not, like, any matchup could really, like, a, be remember, fire. Remember when you, uh, I think it was two, three weeks ago, I was like, dog, the defending champs might get sent home and it won't be a shock in the first round. That's real, bro. Milwaukee yeah, lost in the crazy. first round. As of right now, they play Cleveland. All right, I'd be shocked if Cleveland beat them. Oh, uh, they, they're not. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> but let's say, but it's a three-way, three through five is all tied. They have the exact, pretty much the same record. So let's say it's, they play Philly in the first round instead of Cleveland, and Philly has home court. Are we really losing our shit if they get packed up? No, it wouldn't be a, a total shock. I still would take Milwaukee. But I wouldn't be like, oh wow, I can't believe Cleveland, uh, the Bucks lost to, to the to the Sixers, and that's true for everybody. Hell, oh, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about 
Boston like we planned, but hey man, they getting they, they get they got their Mavs run going on. I was about to say Boston, they got their Mavs run going on. When, even since last year, I felt like Boston was the we we're tethered we're tethered to Boston for some reason. Like since yeah. last year, I've been calling Boston the Mavs East, and people have been picking up on it. I read an article and someone I oh I forgot by who um forgot about who but I was reading an article the other day and they call like the Celtics the Mavs East. I was like, that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, they they got they more time, can, but the way they've got the way they've saved their season and the way oh, their yeah. season started is literally identical. Oh yeah. And they they're another one that it could get dicey because they're they're coming along. Right? They still have their problems but Derek White man was just a seamless fit man. And they're close their new closing lineup too if they want to go small. They got smart um white Tatum Brown and um you can time, play Time Lord or Time Lord the, or, or, or the vet. Uh, what's his name? Horford. Horford. Or you can yeah. even put Grant Williams in there if you want to go even smaller. And Grant mm-hmm. Williams is a switchable big that can move his feet. So they have um they have versatility in their lineups as well. And um they they're just good. And they have two two guys, two stars. So I mean Boston could shock some people. I don't want honestly, I could see Boston beating my calves. If they get matched up, um, they, I think they could beat anybody. They beat any. I mean, yeah, I think it could be like, anyone, I, but... like literally any anyone. I wouldn't be like, oh wow, that's surprising. And what do you think about the race? Because I feel like both conferences, their top nine is pretty like set ish, um, and it's, there's a race for ten. So I mean, the race for ten in the East is the Hawks, Wizards, and um, the Knicks. The Wizards, I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen you know Porzingis. There, they said his timetable is for um first game. They played the Spurs after the break, so they're looking to play him there. I mean, I don't think Porzingis is any type of needle mover there um, because it's gonna be what Porzingis and Kuzma. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually do think KP. If KP plays basketball this year, he's gonna be on his shit and he's gonna look good. I, I mean, he's gonna be on his shit, but is Ish Smith? Ish Smith. <laughs> Poor Z, no, listen to me. Ish Smith. I don't even know who's starting at a two for them. Ish Smith. Oh, NATO. Raul NATO. They got Raul. Raul NATO. Kuzma, Porzingis, and Daniel Gafford. Is that moving you? <laughs> listen hey. to the names that I just hey. said. Is that moving Hey, on the cool though. So. They no. got what KCP? I forgot no. KCP's in the mix. KCP, yeah, KCP yeah. starting. Them dudes don't, them dudes don't move me, but we need to root for them, SJ. We gotta lend them our energy because we need yeah. them niggas to kick them bum ass Hawks out the play to push but that's this agenda. I just don't think that. Granted, the Hawks. I just think the Hawks are about to run away with that. The Knicks stink. The Knicks are so bad. They're they're just they're, they're not even worth. Yeah, they're not even worth talking about. So they're to me, they're just automatically eliminated. Um, to me, I'm looking at the Wizards versus the Hawks, really. Yeah. And um, the Wizards, I just, I mean, are, are, is Poison is going to play every game no. from here on out? Hell no. So to me, that alone waters down their chance. The Hawks, the Hawks aren't that great either. They, they're not winning anything with that, with how they play defense, especially. Um, but you got Trey. To me, he's the clearly the clear best player out of like all those three teams. And he alone is going to win you games. So to me, it's the it's the Hawks to lose. Like it's definitely the Hawks spot to lose. So um. Yeah, they they I, they have 
one to they have the fifth easiest schedule in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah, I just think it's theirs to lose. But by, um, by Washington has the fourth. It was. It's funny because they're in the same division and they play each other. <laughs> they like. So we will see. They basically have the same schedule because they're in the same division. Yeah, but I just think. Um, I think, you know, with the plane, I, I I've complained about the plane before, but um, again, this is the second year in a row, and I think this year more so even than last year too, it's gonna produce some great um games down the stretch because we have a you know both conferences legitimate race for that tenth seed. And um, even within the conferences, like seven to eight guys are trying to get out of, you know, playing. I think in the West, it's pretty, the top six, it's pretty much like kind of, I wouldn't even say setting, setting stone because the Timberwolves are like right there. Um, they're actually right there um, in terms of trying to avoid a plane. So things could really go, like if Denver really falls off for some reason, like if Jokic maybe gets hurt or something, I could see where Denver can maybe go into the plane in that seventh, eighth spot. But um. For the most part, um, I guess everyone's predictions is that it's pretty much set with the Timberwolves starting off the, you know, playing echelons. And in the East, it's kind of the same way. We're um, actually the top eight to me in the East are set. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn is getting their guys back. Um, Boston, I don't see them dropping again. And Hornets have been on a free fall. I mean, I knew the Hornets were going to fall. They were just so fluky like just their whole run like they can't defend anything um they just felt fluky the whole time so they, it's not a surprise they're like what one in one in ten like their last like 11 or something like that they felt fluky so i um i'm not surprised by that but i still think they can stay in a plane you know kind of spot um so it's it's hornets i'm missing someone hornets hawks who else is in the east down there uh hornets hawks. i'm missing one team I just had it up. I was looking at these damn schedules. I could probably look too. Oh no, I got you. Uh, uh, nah. I mean, you got. Oh, Raptors, Raptors, Raptors. There we go. Yeah, I, I think I think they are cut above them dudes. Oh I yeah, think, yeah. I was yeah. just talking about the teams in in like. The, and that makes. You know, I, think, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, so yeah. I think top top eight is definitely set. Raptors, Brooklyn Nets, you know, Celtics, Bucks, all that. I think nine. I think the Hornets, they're they're falling, but I don't think they'll fall like just completely at the plane. I don't think they're in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But race for 10. Yeah, Hawks, all that. So, yeah, I think the top, yeah. So, they say hey, top nine. Low-key, that, that, that nine versus 10 with Atlanta. And... Oh, Charlotte's going to go crazy. That's going to be a good go ass game. God damn, ah. the Hornets have lost. Dude, in their last 10 games, they've won one. They are. I, that's what I said. Yeah, one on like nine. They're they're they're, they're fluky. They're they've been fluky though. They can't defend. And I said the first couple games I watched of them, I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna win. When they went like, remember they started off hot. They went like mm-hmm. five and zero, oh. and I'm like, how are they five and zero? Oh? Because when I watched it, they just don't they just can't defend. Yeah, they yeah. can't. And it's a pain defense. I'm like, so how are they five and zero? Oh? And then they were still winning in the high clips. I was like. Maybe I just got to eat it, you know, like maybe rim protection isn't as, you know, important as I think, you know, I was trying to, you know, rationalize, I just didn't understand. And now, now we see where it's a problem. So, um, I, yeah, it's a problem with them. I mean, they're not a, they're not going far anyway, even if they made the playoffs, they were still a first round exit anyway. So, um, I mean, they're building, they're building for the future. Um, so they, I don't think 
they would look at a first round exit or even if they don't even a plane exit i don't think they would look at that as like a failure you know what i mean they just got to get some of those guys apart i mean the hayward contract you've got to maybe look at movement hayward in the offseason if you want to keep um hayward's a good player but if you want to keep bridges um and you got uber i don't know what to do uber the money people think that detroit is going to give Jalen. that's who's getting it uber no no uh oh hayward uh bridges Oh, Bridges. Bridges, mm. Bridges is from there, and he would be mm. a fit. Yeah, and, and he, that would be a fit with Cade, and they got yeah. Bagley there too. Yeah, like he, he from the crib, like he, he likes, you know, I don't know the man personally, but, you know, obviously following social media, watching interviews, he, he's not, he's happy to be from Michigan, and I could see him going and taking the bag and going back to the crib. I, mm. uh, I really, really could. That's that is no. Let me be clear. It's not me making a prediction. That's just me putting two and two together. Because I don't think Jalen's going anywhere at all. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, what we need to be doing as Maps fans. I'm, I'm probably gonna put it out on the TLC. We need to be praying to the basketball gods that Killian Hayes looks good in the second half of the season. We need to be doing that because yeah. if Killian Hayes looks good, there's no reason they're gonna throw a million dollars at you know Brunson because. Yeah. I, 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 they have I, their guards. I'll be honest, man. I think Mark Cuban is going to pay whatever. <laughs> I think he is too. I, I, I think, think I think we've reached a point. I mean, he's publicly commenting on it. He's literally saying, I'm going to be in luxury tax hell and I don't care. I haven't paid it. Like he's saying that shit to the opposing team announcers. Bro, yeah. he ain't letting that man go. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a pride thing. It does. It's much more likely. Jalen is getting overpaid to stay, and he's just gonna walk for nothing. Exactly, and with with Porzingis gone too, Brunson is like his role is more defined in that you are the clear cut like number two option. You know what I mean? So you you, can, you, you notice he start jacking up them spot up threes as soon as the Porzingis mm-hmm. trade happened. He start letting them bitches fly. I'm like, oh, yeah. interesting. So he has a little more freedom to do. Like, you know, to get shots up without having to worry about, okay, do I need to swing this ball, you know, to Porzingis? Do I need to, you know, throw it through an entry pass in the post to him? You know, yeah. none of that. Like, they don't have to think about none of that. He can just get his game yeah. off. So I think, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for the second half of the season because I feel like the Mavs, I just, I hope they don't disappoint me. I, because I removed, like, around this time last year, I removed, like, expectations for the team. So I was fine, like. Losses didn't bother me. You know, wins were great, but losses didn't bother me. Like, even the first round exit, like, it stung, but it didn't bother me because I wasn't expecting us something anyway. So, like, I had removed the expectations. I was chilling. And yeah. I did that, like, early in the season. I removed the expectations because I was like, this isn't going anywhere. You know, I, I was, you know, not team tank seriously, but, you know, I was joking about making tank jokes and all that. But, you know, seeing where we are now, I mean, expectations are back on for me personally. And I would like to see us, you know, win a series. And I'm expecting them to, when you know win a lot of games in the second half because i mean i've gotten spoiled you know we've won a lot since you know 2022 started um so i'm back into the winning ways so let's let's not lie to ourselves here because i i believe in being self-aware i believe in not lying to ourselves and i think by nature i try to be pessimistic like you said remove expectations but since luca got in shape one of the best teams in the NBA, bro. That's just mm-hmm. a fact. That's an objective statement of fact. We're seven and three in our last 
10, bro. There, like, there's there's maybe, <sighs> maybe four teams in the entire NBA that have been better than us since Luka got in shape. And I don't even know, to be honest, I don't even, I might, that might be too many. There might be two. I'm, yeah, I'm looking right now. I, I would say, okay, so I'm part, I mean, Phoenix is just a class above. Yeah, they, they the So they, they one of them, definitely. So Grizzlies are one of them. Grizzlies have, are eight and two. Yeah. Damn, the Grizzlies are 41 wins. I didn't realize Grizzlies touched 41 wins already. Damn. Yes, they won 40 damn. before they lost 20. That's, Ooh, uh, that's, that's a damn good team. That's a sign that, of a damn good team. Yeah, that's the mark of a legitimate championship contender, not a cute they, team. Yeah, so they're they're oof. But um, let's see. I'm looking in the last month. Yeah, none of these teams below us. So I mean, the Timberwolves are seven and three in their last ten too. So they're you know, they're okay. Um, Boston, Boston is yeah, Boston, nine and one. Boston, Boston. Mm-hmm. I think the and stats. the Bulls. The Bulls are oh, the Bulls are seven and three. Damn good. They the went up, they, definitely... Yeah, they strung off that five straight. They, yeah, uh, the I think they lost three, four straight, and then they they got it together, man. Yeah. Oh, and Raptors too. I forgot. Raptors are eighty-two. So in that stress, the only ones in their class like are Raptors, Bulls, Celtics. Um, not even including Suns because they're just ridiculous. But um, yeah. and Memphis and us and like the Wolves. Like, yeah, we are one of the best teams in the league since Luka got in shape. So yeah, and I. Listen, I, I, this is the expectation now that we are going to rattle off a lot of wins in the second half and be a team where I, we, I want, I mean, granted, I feel like we're that team anyway, just because of Luca, but I want us to be that team where, yes, you know, we're not like contenders, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we still have work to do there, but it's a team where it's like, God damn, we got to see them. <laughs> you know, we have to face them, like, damn it, like, you know, and not even just because of Luca, but just the team in general, like, I loved Spoh's comments about, you know, a team. He was like, damn, you know, they're a big team. And he was really talking about the team, you know, not just Luca. And that's mm-hmm. why I get mad at fans, you know, not mad at fans, but like, you know, I get um, annoyed at the narrative that, you know, it's just Luca by himself out there. You know, you no, see. It's, they're not great. Don't get it twisted. They're not amazing, but it's not Luca and Bums. It's yeah. Luca, them, them dudes is all right. If Luca didn't play a single game, even I'd even say with this coaching staff, even if uh, the Porzingis trade and we had Spencer Bertans from day one with this coaching staff and Jalen, as long as Jalen was healthy, they'd be fighting for the 10th seed, maybe, maybe even in the ninth seed. I truly believe it. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, I, I just think we're. You, like you can like we were all harsh like on the team especially under rick like i said it was it was different circumstances and two these guys have grown their games like Jalen's game has grown since last year so some of the things that we said about him last year they're not relevant now not even just because we were wrong but because his game has grown to make our comments like null and void um same thing with some of these dudes like it's okay to like walk back some things like you don't have to stick like i i just got upset because jazz our good friend jazz she um yeah he was she posted stats of the guys and was like yeah these yeah yeah we can retire the narrative you guys no help you know these guys went off and people were in the quotes mad i'm like how are you mad that someone complimented his teammates you know like because it, because it's uh here, here's the thing a lot of, as an older fan, I saw this with Dirk. 
Um, when you don't have quote unquote superstars, it's especially in today's era where you got the super teams and people teaming up, right? Yeah. So people are kind of casuals and they don't really understand like, hey man, you actually can be a really good team with a one superstar team. Obviously you're going to be at a talent disadvantage if you run into a real super team, but let's be fucking honest, man. Um, Draymond is really, really good. I'm not trying to diminish him, but the Warriors were destroying the league with Steph, Draymond, and Bums. I don't want to call them Bums, but they weren't they weren't perceived as "quote unquote" great players. So if you have a system and you're well coached and you have a transcendent superstar, you can get it done. But people wanted that narrative to go on because. If Luca loses, let's say we do lose in the first round, we're going to blame the roster, right? Mm-hmm. It can never be his fault. And I love Luca, but I just believe a lot of people are fans of him more so than the team. And yeah. then I, and, I, and I think this is why I think something me and you have in common, why we ride for Dorian, why we like Jalen. When you watch other teams, you realize, like, you need dudes like them. Like, you those players are really important. Even on teams that have multiple superstars, like your Dorian Finney-Smiths and players that do the dirty work and do the shit that ain't cute and do the shit that don't show up on basketball reference, that shit's important. And I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate that um, at all in our fan base. If I, I, if I see another argument with, when we talking about like, uh, uh, especially bigs, when you when you go to posting their stats, especially them bigs that don't play any defense, like I don't want to hear about that shit, dog. I don't want to hear about yeah. it. It's just a poor argument if you understand basketball. Yeah, and like I said, we're relying on these guys, you know, to pretty much play above their heads. Like inconsistency is going to be a thing. So yeah. You have to cut them some slack. You say inconsistent role players. Look around the league, a lot of role players like. Most role players are inconsistent. You talk to other fan bases, they're upset. Like the guys you're thirsting for, and in, in you know, as a Mavs fan, their fan bases don't even want them because they think they're inconsistent. They think they're this and that. You know, like you talk about Bruce Brown. I bet if you mentioned Bruce Brown to Mavs fans, a lot of Mavs fans would say, "Yeah, I want Bruce Brown here." Yeah. Um, but, but Brooklyn fans want to give away Bruce Brown for fucking a bag of chips because you know they don't like Bruce Brown yeah. for whatever. So role players are inconsistent. I just, I just hate um having like i just think it's like downright stupid to be honest to have um superstar expectations for role players you know what i mean it's just it's just weird it's just weird and stupid i I hate to keep bringing it up but it's just when it comes to Jalen, some of the shit people say i'm like hey man i don't know if y'all know this but the players that perform better than he does in his situation they make 30 million dollars a year they don't make yeah. 20, you know, like y'all asking him to be a star and you're saying we shouldn't pay him $20 million because he doesn't do the shit that a $30 million player and not paying him $20 million does not guarantee, uh, doesn't guarantee you that $30 million player is coming. Yeah. And this is, this part, we got to wrap this up, but I do want to yeah. get this off. Hey man, I I, I don't want this. Uh, Jalen knows his role. He's comfortable playing with Luca. 
And I have a theory. I don't think any American player with a dribble package is coming to sign up with, to play with Luke and his prime. I truly believe that. Uh, that I don't. That can be a whole segment. We can touch on it at another point yeah. in time. But I don't think anybody's coming to play with Luca and be the secondary star while Luca's going to get all the shine and all the accolades and all the rewards. I think a dude that is like in his 30s that's on his way out, like a CJ McCollum would have been really happy to be here. And I think that would have worked well, right? But I don't think that dude is technically a star. When we're talking about stars, like the guys we lust over, the Brad Bills, and I don't, he might, he just might be a loser. But even, you know, all these dream superstar pairings we have, yeah. I don't think anybody's coming to do that with Luca, bro. Because Luca is very ball down. And it's, oh, you're saying Luca's a ball hog? No, it's just the perception. And we know that dudes today care about their perception a lot. And they're going to be yeah. like, it's going to be Luca's team. Luca's going to be the one to get the shine. And if we lose, I'm going to be the one to get the blame. And fans lightweight are already doing that with our guys now. And I just don't, you know, as, as much as I was happy for tall man to go, players around the league saw the way that played out. They saw the way the media blamed tall man for every problem we had. Even yeah. the shit that wasn't really his fault, right? Some shit wasn't his fault that he got blamed for. Let's, how much money he made had nothing to do with anything we did in the last three off seasons. It just didn't. We had a max cap slot two of the last, two of the three seasons he was under that contract. It wasn't money. It wasn't lack of resources. They just didn't get it done. And one thing uh, I do like about this front office, how much money he made was going to hurt moving forward. And they realized that and they did something about it. They were proactive instead of reactive. But I don't think players are coming to play with Luca to get blamed if we lose. I think Jalen accepting that role, I, I think, is important. If he accepts it, who knows? Jalen might, hell, a team, the Jazz might trap Jalen in the playoffs. Jalen might average 25 in the first round and be like, you know what? Shit, send me to Detroit. I'll carry him to a promise line. I don't know. I'm just theorizing here, but I don't think a star is coming to come, come in to dim their light to not get the full praise for Luka. I think an older player will, but I don't. I think we're going to have to build the organic way and trade for players. I don't. I don't think good point. I, I don't think anyone's coming here in free agency. And I don't think that's even a Mark Cuban thing. That's just my opinion. I just want to get that take off. Okay, yeah, we can definitely discuss it more um yeah, some other time because that's an interesting topic. Yeah. But um I guess this was the before I derailed the conversation. My predictions, I'm with you. Um I think we're about to go on a run. Uh, I think Luca. I don't. I don't want him to get it, but I won't be shocked if Luca gets strong arms, muscles his way back on the first team, All NBA. Uh, I, I I could see it because I think he's going to be the. I think he's going to be one of the best players in basketball, if not the best pass player in basketball. We only got like twenty two games left, twenty three games left. Yeah. It's not that many games. That's not that long of a time for him to keep being hot. And I think we have the role players that are going to lend itself to where you can't just double team him, get the ball out of his hand, and they're cooked. Um, they're not stars, but 
what they do complements each role. The role players themselves complement each other now. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think we're going to go on a run. I think we get the fourth seed. I think we... I think we pack the Mormons up expeditiously. I really do. I don't even think it's going to be like I'm talking about yelling on the sidelines and everything. And they rumoring Donovan Mitchell to go to New York. Hell, that might actually that might actually be a thing. I don't know, but I think we it's going to be poetic justice. It's circular. The dirt error started with beating Utah in a playoff series and Luca's run starts the same way that's my prediction i'm even picking up on it <laughs> yes sir but uh that's it um you got anything else before we go uh yeah no um just enjoy this episode guys it's um all-star break weekend so um i mean the festivities were uh, all right i mean the new format is cool but um yeah just enjoy this little break and we back at it on was it Friday? We back at it on Friday. Yeah, we got Utah Friday night. Yep. Let's start with a win. Get that dub. Hey, I think we uh I think we're getting them boys as long as they ain't too hungover from uh, the beach. So yeah. anyway, y'all, we thank y'all again. Um y'all are I mean, I feel like I repeat myself, but it, I'm repeating myself because it's true. Week of last episode we did is our best episode ever um, from a download views perspective. Uh, the week before that, the double episode. I mean, I, I guys, we don't really promote this. I purposely don't promote it because I want the people that want to listen to this actually really rock with us. I don't want you to listen to this or even... Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but we got decent day jobs. I want you to listen to this if you actually enjoy it, if you actually watch with us, uh, rock with us. So the fact that the audience is growing and it feels like, I feel like our listenership is organic. The people who listen legitimately listen and mess with us. And I'm just very thankful. Um, You know, some people know, you know, last week was a little rough for me personally had a death in my family and talking to y'all about basketball on the timeline really kept me focused. My homie SJ was here for me as always. And uh, I thank her. I thank y'all because when things like that happen, I know this is the internet and none of this stuff really matters at the end of the day, but it helped me get through something that was real. And uh, I really, really thank y'all for that. I thank my homie SJ. Um, That's 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 fam real talk so of course of course uh that's all i got man thank y'all for listening and we will holler at y'all next week